Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm at Manchester United's women against Bristol City women in a top flight match. And there are 15 minutes left and United are top of the league only two and a half years after being formed are 4-1 up. So they will go into Christmas as the highest placed English team. And I've not been to see United women play at Lee before. I've had several of their fans suggesting that I do so. And I know there's a good fan culture. I know there's some people who go to the men's first team and also the women's team. And there's loads of flags behind the net here at Lee, which is 12 miles west of Manchester. So it's not ideally located, but the ground is often used by United's um, reserve teams, uh, younger teams, and there's a big terrace stand behind the goal, so you can stand up at this ground, which is usually used for rugby league, because Lee is a big rugby league town. Didn't even have its own football team until Lee RMI came along in the 90s and did pretty well, actually. I think they played Fulham in an FA Cup game, but behind the stand here are loads of flags for the various United players. It's a good mix of local girls, girls from around the UK. There's a couple of American players who are big stars in the women game. Uh, there's a Catalan girl and there's a Dutch girl as well. So it's been enjoyable. But again, there's no fans here. When I first planned to come here, I thought that Greater Manchester and Lee's just about part of Greater Manchester um, would be tier two. It's number 18. It's the answer. That's the voice of Alan Keegan behind, the familiar voice. And he'll be going to Old Trafford for the big game next between Manchester United and Leeds United. Looking forward to this one again. That's the subs out of the way. A couple of observations here. Um, the manager is Casey Stonehenge, is really highly rated. And a well-respected figure and I know that when she first interviewed for the United job almost immediately the people said yeah we've got the one we found the one we want to manage this team and uh, she's good she's disputing decisions with the referee and uh, I think her children are behind in the stand and shouting mum which is lovely and then some of the substitutes have got the luxury of water bottles hot water bottles lucky them so it's United against Leeds at Old Trafford, it's the first league meeting since 2003. There's been a couple of cup games since. The famous one at Old Trafford in January 2010, uh, when third division leads. Here they were used to tier three. One, and there's a cup game at Ellen Road in 2011, which Manchester United won. There's been a lot of articles about the rivalry and some good football there. Quotes from people who were involved in former games. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is coming up to two years in charge at Manchester United. Uh, talked about what it was like to play at Leeds, the hostile atmosphere. Really hostile. Probably more hostile than any other English league ground. I think Gary Neville told Rob Draper that it's only comparable with Galatasaray away. So... Uh, I did a piece for GQ about my first visit to Allen Road where we walked to the away end with a flimsy police escort 
and I was with the straight members rather than the hooligans and Leeds fans were alongside us under the motorway bridge and you heard this roar go up YRA we're the Yorkshire Republican Army we're balmy it's pretty intimidating we are Leeds and all that uh, marching all together and then United fans were singing sheep shaggers and all that kind of stuff and I love the edge that comes with the big football rivalries I'd never changed that didn't quite like getting smacked punched by a big fat Yorkshireman before I got into the turnstiles but that was in 1991 I'd like to say it was a long time ago and things have changed but while it was certainly a long time ago I still think there was the uh, enmity between Manchester United and Leeds United Leeds as a city well it's a mighty fine place and I welcomed in this year 2020 in Leeds because a friend of mine was I'm allowed to say this now because he's left assistant manager of Leeds United it's probably not a good idea for him to advertise that he's mates with me at the time and uh, he's a good lad he's an Argentinian lad and he worked under Marcello Bielsa and he really liked and respected Bielsa and is a football addict like Bielsa and he wants to be a manager himself now and Leeds have been promoted uh, they've, they've been I think widely praised for some of the football they've played which is typical of the Bielsa side I remember his athletic club side coming to Old Trafford in 2012 and arguably the best team of the decade they were brilliant this young team kept attacking Manchester United knocked United out of the Europa League and we had a far better time backing Bill Bowers fans than we'd ever have going to Leeds unless you're a football hooligan when you probably enjoyed your trips to Leeds in the 70s and uh, 90s because there was never any shortage of trouble so since the last podcast there's been the win at um, West Ham and then the win at Sheffield Um, sorry not West Ham there's Manchester Derby 0-0 and then the win at Sheffield United and United are pretty well placed in the league I think when you look at the form table United are top of it Liverpool are top of the league Liverpool are the champions probably the best team beat Crystal Palace put seven past Palace and United's form has been decent in this year if you're looking for measurements over 2020 since Oli took charge it's pretty convincing I think the football is genuinely better than it was under Jose Mourinho and under Louis van Gaal especially towards the end of both of their times Louis van Gaal made a point uh, over this weekend that the club would be more reluctant to sack uh, a former player maybe there's a little bit of that but there's been plenty of concerns when things haven't gone right about whether Ole Gunnar is the right man to manage Manchester United and I think some of them have been legitimate but I do think he's doing a good job didn't think that 14 minutes after the game in Leipzig a few weeks ago I'm still annoyed about that going out the Champions League really disappointing that but league form has been decent and after this game uh, I'll go to Everton on Wednesday for the Carabao Cup quarter final Everton a second in the league but United have already beaten them away so United away from home fantastic 10 straight wins never known anything like it uh, especially because United go behind in all the games and then come back and win so that's also frustrating again to go behind against Sheffield United and I think if the team's genuinely going to win the league 
and a genuinely challenge for the title and there's parts of um, the game which need to be eliminated. I know that Ollie still thinks there's a long way to go. Uh, still wants two plays in, in every position. Still wants to build a far stronger squad than he's there. So maybe it's best not to get too carried away, even though you see other teams dropping points all over the place, especially in recent weeks, and you think United aren't that far off the top. So I'm going to head over to Old Trafford. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ben Thornley. And then let's see what happens for the big game. Uh, I haven't got a clue what's coming. So you know because you're listening to this after the game. But people say, how do you think the team will go on? My mum asked me this morning. Oof, some good football there. And you don't have a clue because United are so poor at home. Scored three goals in six home league games and two of them were penalties that's so dreadful and that again has got to change and the form even against in the game that was won at home the only game which has been won against West Brom that was a really poor game so a lot of convincing needed with Manchester United's home form beautiful goal 5-1 that's Tobin Heath, if I'm not mistaken. She's a United States international. So United are now getting some of the best female players in the world. And that's been the change. United's goal. Open right here. Tobin Heath. Hey. Some of the best female players in the world are now coming to England. That wasn't the case. So Leon uh, were probably the best supported and best uh, women's team. I actually went to watch him play a couple of years ago in front of 11,000. I went to interview Raphael uh, when he was in Lyon and he said, do you want to come to the game tonight? So I thought, why not? Um, some of the Spanish teams are well supported, but United now and City and Chelsea and the big uh, um, women's teams are now getting some of the best players from those clubs. So I can't pretend I'm going to come every week. I've not got the time to do it, but it's been decent to come. I'd definitely like to come back when, when there are fans here. I know that um, Nat runs the Barmy Army with all her mates. I've seen them at games for years. Anyway, it's time to head east on the East Lancashire Road from Lee through Worsley to Salford and then turn right to Old Trafford, M16. Just come from Lee towards Old Trafford for about four different seasons of weather and I've just uh, bumped into Alan Keegan whose voice you will recognise. Alan has been the announcer at Old Trafford for 20 years now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Andy, coming on 20 years. Started as the announcer in um, 2000. First game was Dennis Irwin's testimonial against City, which had obviously came from City, so I knew all the lads. And but you were a red, yeah? Always season ticket holder. If you check the facts, but I'm glad you've clarified that. Yes, two season tickets, Stratford Ender, and I've still got them, so my wife and uh, my son use them now. But yeah, so 2000, first goals I ever announced in the Stratford End against Newcastle United. It was uh, Andrew Cole and, of course, Ronnie Johnson. I'd imagine the City players saw you at that game. Yeah, it was always a bit of um, a, a sort of Bosman signing in the summer, you know, because obviously uh, United were looking to 
get me on board as the announcer. So I always classed it as a Bosman signing. And the City players, afterwards, when we did the awards for Dennis's testimony, it was quite strange, the reaction, because a few weeks before, I'm hosting events with all of them, and then all of a sudden, I'm at Old Trafford. But it was all in good spirit, you know. It was all good fun. You enjoy it? Do you know what, Andy? It's the best job in the world. I'm so privileged, so lucky just to be involved like we have been this morning down there at Lee with the women's football. Great victory for Man United women. I've been involved with them from day one down at Lee doing the announcements. And then this afternoon we're here at Old Trafford again. It's the best job in the world and I love every moment. There's been plenty of moments. You've been there for some of the greatest moments in Manchester United's history. What have been the best moments for you, sort of professionally rather than saying, you know, a certain game where the goals were, were good? As you say, there's been many, many, many moments and, uh, you know, the list is endless. But one of the standout moments was when Cristiano Ronaldo came back with Real Madrid and Sir Alex, a few weeks before, had a word with me. We'd had a conversation. I was actually hoping... This is a long story and I've told it before and it might be one for the future with you, but um, cutting a long story short and I'll give you more details another time. But he actually asked me, because normally when we're introducing the teams and the lineup, we do the away team first and then it's the big crescendo, you know, and Old Trafford, Manchester United. But Sir Alex said to me, do it the other way around. And I want you to announce Cristiano last now, obviously, we do it in numerical order, so he'd have been in the middle, number seven, whatever, following Ramas at number six, etc. So Old Trafford comes the night, Champions League. I introduced the teams. It was actually um, the same night that Giggsy played his 1,000th game for United. So I do United first, the 11, get into Real Madrid, number one, you know, Casillas, etc., get into Ramos, and then I go down and obviously, and welcome back, number seven, Cristiano Renner. The whole stadium erupted and it was such a moment to be part of that historical impact that Fergie had playing the mind games, if you like, you know. Or what, was it, what was his reasoning behind that, do you He think? never gave a reasoning, but... Because the, the tie was really tight, wasn't it? It was a draw in the first leg yeah. in, in Madrid and then came to Old Trafford. wonder what he was thinking, bigging him up. Maybe he gets so emotional with it that he can't perform. Absolutely. 100%. I wonder what it is. I think it was the emotion. You know, I think it was the emotion. The, if you ever look back at the clip on YouTube, it's brilliant because the stadium erupts. Um, obviously, he scored. He didn't celebrate. I don't know if you can picture yeah, it. Yeah, can I remember? There. I mean, that, that yeah. for me was the biggest game at Old Trafford of recent years in terms of expectation yeah. in the city centre before the game, the price of the black market tickets. Oh, you couldn't and, get one, could you? No, and then. Um, what happened in the game. I mean, it was, it was horrible. I'll never forget Fergie refusing to come into the press conference after the match. Jose Mourinho saying um, the best team didn't win. And I thought, he's angling for something here. And it's yeah. quite easy to be magnanimous, I think, when, you, when you've won something. Any, any balls-ups, any mispronunciations, oh. any difficulties? Because, <laughs> you know, if I look at the, the new Premier League teams each year, if you look at West Ham every year, they've got, like, nine new oh. players... Listen, there's a whole podcast on that because it's been an unbelievable journey in 20 years. And yes, I've had my share of pronunciation, cock-ups, mess-ups, whatever you want. I mean, there's been plenty. Um, and again, you know, even when you look at players like Slatan Ibrahimovic, when you didn't know 
like the proper pronunciation or when he was playing abroad and all of a sudden you're, not, you're checking it, you're writing it phonetically. There's been many, many names where I've, I've, I've sort of got the wrong, wrong pronunciations, I've got the wrong information, but it goes with the territory, you know, and it's part of the job and, you know, you try and be as professional as you can, but yeah, there's, there's been a few, but this Slatan Ibrahimovic was always a tricky one because it was the stagnation of, uh, not the stagnation, but the, the sort of determination of the way you pronounce it, you know. And any players have come to you and said, can you just tweak the way my name's pronounced? Because I've been doing uh, a podcast and we didn't know Alex Tellis, yeah. but my wife's from the same part of Brazil, like the neighbouring town yeah. to him. And she corrected me, Telis. Telis. But I didn't know that, you know, because there's a, there's a Portuguese pronunciation of it and then there's a Southern Brazilian pronunciation of it. Have any of the players ever said well, to you? Well, I love this conversation because I take great pride in trying to get the correct pronunciation. So I'll give you two examples. Um, not so much the pronunciation, but when, when um, Johnny Evans was breaking into the scene, um, and I always check with the lads, like, how do you want your name saying, you know? Anyway, on the board, um, he, he, was, he was a substitute. And at the first time I read his name, it was Jonathan, Jonathan Evans. Anyway, while the game's going on, he tapped me on the shoulder and he said... Do you mind me asking, he said, if you can, with the lad who does the scoreboard and when you announce it, can you change it to Johnny? I'm ne I've never, only my mother calls me Jonathan. You know, so that was a nice little story. Bringing it up to date, Donny, of course, you know, because everyone was calling him Beak, etc., etc. And uh, obviously I did my homework on that and obviously it's, it's Donny van der Beek, you know. Um, but yeah, there's been a few, like even when you go to some of the lads, when you're looking at the pronunciations with, you know, Rude van Nisselrooy and trying to get the... The, the, the sort of correct pronunciation, as you say, because it can be different in Portugal as it is in Brazil. And then do you watch the games? Oh, yeah. I, 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 you, can't, you can't make mistakes. You've never, like, called the scorer wrong. Do you always yeah. double, do you double check? I've called the scorer wrong. Uh, how long have we got here? Because Come on, which game? Yeah. Uh, Diego Forlan. Yeah. Right. So he hadn't scored in open play for, whatever, 21 games. Yeah. OK. There's a double substitution happening. I've got to give you the background on it quickly. There's a double substitution. I'll never forget it. Phil Neville and John O'Shea are coming on. It's the second half. It's a dull affair. Anyway, we're looking. I'm stood at the side of the pitch. The officials got the cards. We're looking, looking at the cards to make sure I'm marking off who's coming off, who's coming on. While I'm looking at the card, United score. The stadium erupts. Everyone's going hysterical. And I'm sort of looking, I say to Shazy, who got that? He said, I haven't got a clue, we were looking at the card. So I look over, anyway, I see David Beckham celebrating, like, you know, going absolutely ballistic. So I'm thinking, oh, right, Old Trafford, Manchester United's goal scored by number seven, David Beckham. And I literally heard the stadium go, oh, I'd messed up. Diego Forlan was running around with his blonde hair, going crazy, you might remember, swinging his shirt. He'd scored after 21 games and I gave it David Beckham. Does he know this, Diego? Well, maybe you can he tell him. Tell him. <laughs> so I did apologise to him after the game, you know, because I was absolutely distraught. Albert, the kit man, come up and I, I can't say on the podcast what he said to me. <laughs> it's about how blind I was. <laughs> uh, we had Albert on us. I interviewed <laughs> Albert last year, so I can absolutely imagine yeah, what he said. I, great fella. I had to take out quite a lot of uh, <laughs> Albert. Yeah, in industrial um, language. language, but yeah, he's uh, a top yeah. man. Albert used to work in the Ford garage just over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that Ben? Yeah. 
Um, ben Thornley's just uh, Benjamin Thornley, I call yes, him, because yes. he calls me Andrew. Just yes. getting changed in a car park Shall in front beep of him? me. Yeah, beep him. Hey, put your clothes on. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Um, so you've done it for 20 years now. Yeah. 20 brilliant years. 20 brilliant years. And on a typical match day, you'd get in, I'd imagine, as soon as fans are getting into the stadium. Yeah, but it's a three o'clock kickoff. We'll use the old fashioned three o'clock. Then I like to be here at the stadium three hours before. Obviously, anything, activities, there's so much now with sponsors and reads and activities. I like to be here. During the week, the club will have emailed me. Right. Um, because I'm not staff staff. Yeah. They'll have emailed all my notes. I've got my folder. I'm famous for me like, this is your life folder. So that might be say hello to the Sligo Reds yeah, Sligo who've come Reds, over. Yeah, uh, Scandinavians, whatever. Yeah. Your ticket news, verbally announced okay. at the stadium. Obviously, you're going into a sponsor read. Yeah. You know, so there's all links and it's all followed by a piece of music. And who sorts the music out? Well, um... You may know this, you may not. We've got Deezer yeah. as, a, as a partner now. Okay. So, obviously, the sponsorship and marketing are involved heavily in the music and they organise and coordinate that. Right. Because um, the playlist now has some absolutely quality tunes yeah. um, coming out. Well, it's lovely to talk to you and congratulations on 20 years. Cheers, Have Andy. you ever been back to City since leaving? Only for the derby. Yeah? Only for the derby, yeah. And that's always interesting. I've had to go incognito with caps on and... Up and Did any blues ever give you any stick after oh, you left? Yeah, absolutely loads, yeah. And on a derby day, you can, on social media, it's always good fun because obviously I build up United. And I have been known to sort of introduce the away team in a very lower tone of voice, you know. Welcome to our visitors today. I mean, Leeds today would be brilliant, wouldn't oh, they? I'm absolutely so disheartened, you know. I mean, I know for safety and the pandemic, etc. you know, it's right. But today would have been absolutely incredible. The first time back after whatever, 17 years, whatever it is. And to be fair to City, when they came in 2008 for the 50th anniversary of Munich, mm. I mean, I know you did it that day. Yeah. Their fans were fantastic. They Everyone were... expected them to cause trouble no, and they didn't. They were brilliant. You know, from the moment the Piper came out to the whole solemn end of it, the respect that they paid was absolutely incredible. And another sort of beautiful moment was when we played Everton with Sir Matt Busby. I mean, I wasn't the announcer then, but I was here as a fan, and that was a beautiful moment. And I always had respect for Everton after that. So you've got the team bus coming in now? Yes. Ahead yeah. of uh, both team buses, there's, because of COVID, the yeah. players are all split. So, right, fingers crossed on this one. Going to yeah. get in the ground, and thank you for your time. OK, cheers, Andy. Good luck. We're going to be coming from Old Trafford after the game very shortly. But first, one of the companies which supports this podcast, Manscaped. Well, you remember me talking about them last time when I had to speak to my little brother who was very familiar with the product and products and said he was very happy with them. A few of their products are prime stocking stuffers for this season, such as the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, well, the name speaks for itself there. The Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. Yeah, yeah, like your hair on your head as well. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes. You never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. The Foot Duster, a foot deodorant designed to keep 
the smelliest feet smelling fresh. The Shears 2.0 four-piece nail kit. The Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer, which provides safe skin technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. And let's not forget about the best trimmer for your butt, balls and body. The Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know that the products are legit from Manscaped. If you want 20% off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com with the code UNITED. Whether this is your, for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get them something they will actually use. Um, we'll be sure to give them a laugh. Trust me, we have had a laugh after receiving this. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code United. It'll be the ballsiest gift giver. Well, you will be if you buy it, but check out on their website and save yourself some money. Wow, wow, wow. Walking out the Stretford end now, having just watched Manchester United 6, Leeds United 2. And uh, you can hear the team coaches, because there's four of them, two for each team. And Luke Ayling, the Leeds players, just walked past and sort of gone, all right, <laughs> not, that, not that I know him. <laughs> I don't know whether the lad with me knows him. I'm with Ben Thornley, the former United winger. Do you know Luke, right? I, I don't know. I knew who he was. And uh, I, I always get Stuart Gardner, my co-commentator in my ear, because he used to play for Bristol City. So, uh, but he's, uh, he's a very Thank good you. player. Good night, guys. Good night. He's a, he is a very good player, uh, but he wasn't made to look like one today, unfortunately. What did you make of that game? Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. The, the way United played and started the game, they'd obviously not made the same mistake that they did against Southampton at the back end of last season, where they allowed them to sprawl all over them at the back, which they knew Leeds were going to do. They started the game on the front foot, scored two great early goals, which is something that we haven't seen this season. Um, and they just kicked on from there. But do you know what? Both teams contributed to an absolutely fantastic, highly entertaining game of football. Um, and I think that if, this, if it had turned out 10-5, I don't think anybody could have argued it literally was that sort of a game. And that's no exaggeration. Scott McNistle Roy got the first two goals, <laughs> two after three minutes. That's twice as many goals in the first three minutes than his team had scored in the previous six matches from open play. Uh, Old Trafford. I mean, United have not been scoring three nope. goals in six games, and then to start like that, um, McTominay was incredible, wasn't he? He really was. He drove the team on. Um, it was a fantastic first goal, and uh, and a, a, a really cute, well taken goal for the second, where he'd run deep from the midfield. Nobody had gone with him, and I think when you saw the changes at half time, you know Phillips, who's playing for England, and Glick, you could say you could sense that Marcel Bielsa was not happy because a lot of those goals came from Leeds losing possession of the ball in the midfield and United just overrunning them and playing some wonderful football to work their ways into those positions. So it, it was a wonderful performance from a team that have not performed well at Old Trafford at all. You know, before today, only 22% of their, of their points had come from here. Um, but if they continue now, and this is the turnaround of their former Old Trafford, and we all know what their away form's like, then... 
Do you know what? In a really strange season, Andrew, this could possibly be uh, talk of United winning the league. With a game in hand, they would be two points off the top. We know we've got difficult games to go. We've got to play Villa. We've got to play Wolves. We've got to play Leicester. We know that they're tough games, but this was a tough game and they've just proved that United can easily live with the best that this division has to offer. The away form, as you say, is incredible. 19 points from 21 now shows that United are the form team in the whole league. 26 goals scored. Only Liverpool have scored more. Moved up into third with a, a game in hand. People are starting to talk about a title. Ollie's playing it down, and I think he's quite right to, yeah. because Liverpool still look more complete, and Manchester City have probably still got a more complete squad. But yeah. they've all been dropping points. They have all been dropping points. And do you know what? Ollie is right to play it down, because what really grinds my gears about, about people in the, you know, in the open press is that... Oli Gunnar Solskjaer and his team are always one defeat away from an absolute disaster. And all of a sudden, we've put six past a Leeds team that everybody's been waxing lyrical about and the way that they play, and rightly so, and they take some beating because they do a hell of a lot of running. And, and United have got all the ammunition now when you look at the bench, Pogba, Van der Beek, Mata, Cavani, quality players that they can bring off the bench. They've not just got sort of strength in depth they've got quality of strength in depth and if they can continue on this same path if they can continue on this same path then why not why why can't United be quoted as, as title contenders yes we know that Liverpool are probably the team to beat Manchester City will be as well but as you just quite rightly pointed out they have both dropped points in recent weeks that you wouldn't expect and this is a Liverpool team by the way that have conceded seven in one game. Be interesting that game at Anfield next month. That was the last time United were beaten away from home. Mm -hmm. It's nearly a year now, the incredible record. You mentioned Bielsa. I've long admired him, long before he came to this country. I love the fact that he won't change and you love him or loathe him. He's done brilliantly at Leeds by getting Leeds into the Premier League. And I feel that football should entertain. And this Solskjaer team, it is entertaining. You do bite your nails. You, they are frustrating when they go behind in almost every match. But I'm enjoying watching the football. And Leeds contributed to that. And Leeds being praised by Manchester United fans for doing well will mean absolutely nothing to them. But they are an asset to the Premier League. Do you know what? I used breath of fresh air in commentary because I think that's exactly what they are. When you get a team that loses a couple of games... Sorry, a couple of goals in the opening few minutes that you, you would expect that... The, the game plan goals to pot didn't happen and they were four goals down on two occasions in that game never changed the way that they play and the mentality that Marcel Bielsa has instilled into that team and into that dressing room whereas they don't change their, their ethos or the identity even when things like that do happen I think that they will go a long way and they are a massive credit and they, they did contribute to a highly entertaining game and, and I won't change my mind a breath of fresh air for the Premier League and they will win more than they'll lose. You see the players driving out here in the big cars. Was this you one day? Did you used to drive out? Did you have a, mass you have a massive Rolls Royce? No. <laughs> I don't know where you heard that from. Gary. Ab ab oh, did you? <laughs> 
There you go then. Don't believe everything that you hear from him. No, no, no. I, uh, hey, listen, they deserve it. Whatever they get, when they perform like that, it's, uh, it's very, very difficult for anybody, I hope, to get on any of the players and certainly the managers' backs because they have proved today that they can score goals against very, very good teams in this division. And make no bones about it, Leeds have surprised a lot with the way that they play and they've had some great results. And this was a potential banana skin and United flaunted that in the opening couple of minutes. Just last couple of questions, talking about players who I thought did well today. Fred? Yeah, excellent. I thought him and Scott McTominay in the middle of the park. Fred did his usual where he, he would perhaps a couple of wayward passes and, and mistiming things, but he, he's... For the goal. For, the, for his desire to, to, to win the ball back and the way that he, he can carry the ball forward and the energy. I think it was important today and I think that's probably the reason why the, he decided to leave Paul Pogba on the bench was because he knew that they had to compete and they needed to run hard and with Scott and, and Fred in there you will get that right from the off and it proved to be the correct decision but I thought Fred was, was excellent today yeah, along with Scott and Dan James is another one who I thought got better as the game went on maybe that open game suited him yeah. and a player with pace yeah I think very much so great for him to get on the score sheet it was a surprise inclusion it had to be said but I think Ole Gunnar had it in his mind that if United were going to turn the ball over with the way that Leeds played there was always going to be gaps and I think that with the pace of Dan James they could exploit that and I agree with you I think that as the game went on when you're expecting somebody that's not played a lot of football to maybe maybe die a little bit he didn't he was still running strong at the end great credit to him and wonderful that he's managed to get himself a goal there are two full-backs Luke Shaw and Aaron Wimbasaka Wambasaka sorry need to improve slightly um I I'm a big fan of Luke Shaw and I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka one-on-one is about as good as, it, as they get. I think that my slight criticism of Aaron Wan-Bissaka is that he does get caught in positions where people bypass him and he's not really aware of it. We saw a cross by Rodrigo in the second half at the start uh, when it was still 4-1 and David De Gea made an unbelievable point-blank save from Rafinha. He got caught underneath the ball. He, he played a ball in the first half that allowed Bamford to go straight through. He played it square and blind. He, 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 for me, he needs to. he's defending one-on-one. He's exceptional. He just needs to slightly improve his positional sense and certainly his use of the ball. I just heard Bamford on the radio. He speaks so well. Um, not that we talk anymore about Leeds players. The next game, finally, is against Everton on Wednesday night. When United won at Goodison, I tweeted at half-time that Luke Shaw has been United's best player in the last month. Unfortunately, picked up an injury Injured, in that yeah. game. He's probably still coming back from that. Uh, Everton really needed a trophy, even if it's a League Cup. I feel United need a trophy. It's actually a big game on Wednesday on Go- at Goodison, isn't it? I completely agree with you. I think that even though we will see a change in personnel, when you get to the, you know, the nitty-gritty of any cup competition, you're in the quarter-final, let's have it right, you've got the chance of playing, no disrespect to him, Brentford or Newcastle in a semi-final to get to Wembley. So it is a huge game with two teams that are neck-and-neck neck in the league. Ben, I thank you for your time. You're welcome, Andrew, Anytime you know that. 